Hey, y'all, I'm Scott McCreary. Blast off into the music universe. This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, There's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is one zero on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. Buddy Jan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you, Matt Bailey? I'm excited because it's not often we get to talk to people right after one or both of us has the chance to see them in concert. In this instance, I have just seen Scotty McCreary at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. And it's so cool. I was going to say about a week and a half out from having done this. is He was there for CMA Fest, had some CMA Fest shows, and... Uh, and also performed on the Opry. The Opry that weekend was really cool. Scotty was there, Bill Anderson was there, Lori Morgan was there. We wrote up a little bit about it as part of our live coverage for CMA Fest, but the Opry's all weekend long during CMA Fest to just have some incredible acts, uh, as they do all the time. So it was awesome. Yeah, how was his set? Because I've not had a chance to see him yet. One of the most memorable of the night. Him and Lori were, were awesome. Uh, he did uh, Be My Baby Tonight uh, as his set closer mm-hmm. and also as part of Opry Loves the 90s. So it was really cool to get to uh, see that. And now we talked to him and I, I tease him a little bit in this interview about uh, possibly releasing an album of 90s country music and you'll get to hear his answer to that. Yeah, Scotty just has that unique voice, that deep voice and uh, definitely a neo-traditionalist in uh, this new world of country music and uh you know he's he's great i i love his voice and his new single damn straight continues to rise up the country charts it follows four consecutive number ones that he's had and it's from his latest his fifth studio album called same truck which was released late last year and without further ado let's chat with scotty mccreary scotty mccreary welcome to the music universe podcast how are you doing father to be so good to talk with you Man, I'm I'm doing great. It's uh, it's been exciting times in the McCreary household, and we're glad the cat's finally out of the bag. So yeah, we're super excited. Yeah, big news this week. Uh, congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah, very very exciting. It's it been tough to keep the secret for a while, so um, now we can finally you know don't have to hide anything and and uh, it'll uh, kind of share it with everybody. So we're pumped. Yeah, in a world of everything being so instant and your celebrity status, that had to be tougher than you would probably imagine. Yeah, you know, for us, it was one of those things where we just kind of treasured that initial time, you know, with just ourselves and uh, just family and friends knowing and, and not really being too public. But, uh, you know, after a while with, with this kind of thing, you can't really keep the secret too much longer. So, um <laughs> She's doing great. She's starting to show, and you know we're we're about halfway, if not a little bit longer in. So it's uh, it's all good stuff. Is there a name yet? 
not a name yet. No, we uh, we were expecting. I mean, at least I was. I think Gabi thought it might be a boy, but I was thinking to be a girl, and we had a really cute girl name picked out. But uh, we do not have a boy name yet, so we have to uh, we have to get on it. And as a first-time father to be, how are you feeling, and what's going through your mind uh, as you get ready to to have your first child? Yeah, you know, I'm good. I mean, she's the one doing all the work, you know, so uh, I'm doing good. I'm trying to, you know, exactly. I'm just trying to, as the best I can, you know, make life easier on her and help out where I can. And, you know, uh, I think that's my role for the next few months. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's going to be a totally different, you know, thing for us, uncharted waters. Um, but, you know, I can't wait for the challenge. Can't wait to see a little man grow up and be there for him and learn. And uh, obviously life's going to change a lot, but uh, change in the best way. That is so cool. Your current single, Damn Straight, is the fastest rising single of your c- career. So congrats on that as well. Tell us, obviously, George Strait's the inspiration, but tell us how the song came about. Yeah, this one was a little different for me, at least as of recent, um, you know, two albums together, the Seasons Change record, I wrote every song on that record. And and then this uh, album, the same truck record, I wrote 10 to the 12. But Dan Strait was one of the two that I did not write. Um, but, you know, when you're making an album, uh, the world's best songwriters live in Nashville. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough mm-hmm. to have a lot of them as friends, and they're sending me songs and uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of great stuff. But, uh, you know, Dan Strait really just kind of stopped me in my tracks and, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, well, you know, what, what is this? And just kind of the, you know, the, the turn on words and, and just how cleverly written it was with the song titles, but making them a part of the story, not just kind of name dropping them to drop them. I fell in love with it. And, um, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I got my hands on it and got to record it because it's, it's been fun to, to sing and see the crowds react and see how it's done so far out there. Yeah. And I had a chance to see you do it on the, uh, the Opry on June 9th when you were there with the, the rare Thursday night Opry. And the crowd response to it is just fantastic. I mean, everybody knows the words because the airplay on that one is just, it's everywhere. I, I love that. I hear it everywhere I go. Uh, so what do you think of how the audience is responding to the song? Yeah, it's been, this has been such a fun one to, to play live because uh, obviously, I mean, now that the song's been out there for a few months and it's been on radio, you know, more and more people are singing and standing up and yelling the words back to us. But you still have those those people that haven't heard it yet. And they kind of, it takes them a first verse and a chorus before they really get it. And you can see them listening, you can see them listening. And then like the, the light bulb goes off and they're like, oh my gosh. And then you can see they're enjoying it too. So uh, yeah, the reaction since day one with this one from the crowd is, has been, it's been awesome and really unlike the song that, that I've had out there before. Well, at the rate it's going up the charts, it could be your fifth consecutive number one because you've had four prior to this. How, how does that feel? You know, we're both 28 and it makes me jealous. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, it's 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 amazing. And, and having four in a row with something that I just, if you asked me a few years ago if that would ever happen, I'm probably not sure I would have believed you. Uh, I mean, it took us seven years doing this before we ever, even got a top five, let alone a number one. So um, it, I understand how awesome it is and don't take it for granted. And it, it's crazy, but um, it just speaks to, you know, not just me. I mean, it takes a village to really make this thing work. So my whole team, the fans that have been there since day one. So 
um, we put a lot of hard work in and it's cool to see it paying off. One of my favorite number ones of yours that I want to talk about because again you did it when I had a chance to to see you do your set at the Opry. Five more minutes. That song is is incredible and again I come back to audience reaction. That night at the Opry you earned a standing ovation for that one. To have a song that resonates with people, I mean, so well and really hits their emotional core. Did you know that that would happen when you co-wrote the song? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that I knew the audience reaction would be like that. I knew as soon as we wrote it that it was. I mean, I tweeted it out that day on Twitter. I said, I think I just wrote my favorite song I've ever written. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really how it felt. Mm-hmm. I think still do. It's uh, it's one of those songs where you kind of realize how much more alike we all are than different. Because everybody at any point in their life, whether they're young, middle-aged, old, um, you know, they've all got those moments where they wish they could have five more minutes. Whether it was with a loved one that's that's gone, you know, passed on, or whether it's just thinking back to uh, you know little moments like uh, the front porch kiss on the song, or or thinking like the high school days when you know. You, you just graduated and, and now, you know, those days are over. What, you know, there's so many little moments throughout life uh, that I think anybody that's listening can think to a moment in their own life, you know, where they wish they had that much time left. So um, I think that's why it's resonated. And uh, I'm glad it did because I knew I loved it right away. I'm not sure, you know, how I thought others would react, but it's, it's again, been awesome to see how that song has, has um, really impacted people. Yeah, and uh, the album uh, "Same Truck," which just came out uh, late last year, and has obviously "Damn Straight" on it, it's kind of a, a reflection of your career and life up to this point, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where my headspace was when I was making this record. Uh, a lot of my previous records had been uh, kind of looking ahead and, and young love and this, that, and the other. Um, but this one was kind of the first record I feel like I made, kind of as my own man and, and thinking about life and, and that perspective and um, just different things I've learned throughout life kind of all went into this record. So um, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think I was more in the reflective kind of mood, especially kind of, you know, we made most of this record over the pandemic and we weren't working on the road. So it's kind of the first time I really had time to sit down and reflect like that ever in the last you know, 10, 11 years. So yeah, that that's where this album was. Uh, Lord knows where the next album will be now that we have Little Man on the way, and, and uh, life's mm-hmm. definitely going to change. So excited to see where the music takes us. You know, I have an idea for your next album, and it, it this leads into the question I have for you. Every time I hear you sing a '90s country song, "Be My Baby Tonight," uh, "Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up," I know you've done. I know you've uh, done "Papa Love Mama." Uh, Every t- every time I hear you do a 90s song, I'm like, this man needs to cut an album of 90s country music. Your voice is so suited to it. Has that ever crossed your mind to sort of do an album of covers since that's oftentimes a big part of your live set list? Yeah, dude, I would absolutely love to do something like that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head as far as stuff that I love to sing. I mean, that's, 90s country is what I grew up on, uh, and... Uh, mm-hmm just a fan of so much of it so i think when i'm singing that i'm really enjoying it you know that's hopefully why it's coming off so well but uh yeah i would love to do that i think i still might need a um at least another album maybe two of original stuff and and try to keep mm-hmm. you know hopefully lord willing um 
the catalog kind of growing. But I think if I ever get to that point in my career where I can kind of take take some time off from original stuff, I would I would jump at the opportunity to uh, to make that kind of record. That'd be so fun. Oh, that'd be great. Well, I was just going to ask if uh, you're uh, a songwriter who is constantly writing, or if you know you get inspired by something, you stop at the moment, you you jot something down, record something quickly in your phone. Or is it just something that you have to focus on when it's time or you feel it's time for a new project? Yeah, you know, I think I'm a little bit of both. Um, for me, the writing process has always been something that you never really fully turn off. I mean, I'm always in the back of my mind listening. Mm-hmm. I won't be consciously thinking of it, but if a buddy says something funny or clever, um, different, you know, I might jot down the title or jot down a hook. Um but as far as like sitting down with my buddies and guitars and writing songs, I'm definitely much more of the album cycle writer um, where I'll kind of write a record, write a ton, a ton of songs um, and then kind of let my, let it breathe for a while, let the album cycle kind of go. And then, then all of a sudden, Hey, it's time to make a new record. And then I kind of, you know, get my brain geared back into that. So um, writing songs. Yes. I'm much more the album cycle guy, but as far as, material i think i'm always looking for it so then once i get to that next cycle i've, I've got some fresh stuff to, to write about speaking of 90s country i know you are supporting some dates on the brooks and dunn reboot tour this year my gosh how does that feel to be on the road with such legends yeah this is a uh, kind of bucket list stuff for me man i mean it's it's cool <laughs> to be in the industry to, to be you know singing my own songs and country music be a part of it but really i'm still just a massive fan of it and i and Brooks and Dunn, they're they're right there towards the top of my list. So we just got to play our first show with them um, a week or two ago in Florida. And I mean, a lot of times it, it, it's not that uh, I don't want to go see the headliner if we're opening up, but a lot of times I've just seen a bunch of them before, and and we're so busy that sometimes I try to catch up on some sleep and then get to the next date. But I'm talking as soon as my show was done, I ran to the bus, showered got dressed again and just came back out and I was, I watched downbeat to the last chord for Brooks and Dunn. We had so much fun, me and the band. So, um, those guys, they just have so many hits. You just, you think they're done and then they got another hit and then you, they finish their show and they're like, well, they didn't even play this song or this song. So they're so good. That's awesome. Well, I, one thing I have to ask is they're known for pranking their acts on, um, on tour. Have you been pranked yet? No, not yet, but I have heard that, so we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled as we keep playing some shows with them, for sure. You have to be on guard with those guys. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Kicks especially. <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah. gosh. He's hilarious. He's quite the... I could see that, for sure. Yeah, and, and you've done a date with uh, Alabama as well, uh, among your own headlining shows. Yeah, again, kind of bucket list stuff. I mean, those guys, again grew up listening to their music and how how many songs they've got they got they have that classic sound to them so uh, I mean, these guys were kind of the soundtrack you know Alabama Brooks and Dunn a bunch of these folks um, even Tracy Lawrence was on that show we played in in Florida so uh, for me it's like I'm just kind of reminiscing while I'm listening to their music so uh, and that's what music can do you know it can take you back to those memories those moments and that's uh, that's what's happening with these shows for sure well, Scotty, you, your music, your originals, your covers, everything you're doing takes us back to a time when, you know, country music was it just, it's so traditional and I love what you do 
and I love your music. And if you can't tell already, I'm a big fan of your voice. So this was this was fun. Scotty McCreary, thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me thank on. You. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed chatting and uh, hope to see y'all on the road soon. Appreciate it, fellas. You will. You know, the thing that interested me the most, what he said, is that he said he's a child of 90s country music, was raised on it. We are the same age or thereabouts. I think he was born 93, I was born 94. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be this thing where... People my generation, and even a decade before in that generation, were both raised on 90s country music. There seems to be something about the era of 2000s country music that like <laughs> skipped a generation. Because you would think, as we get older and we develop our own tastes, we would start picking up the stuff that came out like you know early 2000s, like right. the like the early two thousands Kenny stuff or the chicks, no, we we're firmly in the nineties, and that's not to say Kenny put on a great show. I would go see the chicks if the opportunity arose, but there's something about the stuff in the nineties that kind of stuck with a couple of a decades of children, and the two thousand stuff kind of missed. <laughs> well, you know. I- uh, yeah, I can't put my finger on it either, except that it's just timeless and great. And uh, I I personally am attracted to music also based on the production of it. And I just feel right. the 90s has such great production and it, nothing holds a candle to it as far as the country music goes. It's like that when the decade switched it, to the millennium, it, you know, the production kind of went a different direction in in various ways so that's kind of how i decide if i like music too it's not necessarily you know a song's a great song but if if the production isn't my taste i'm i'm kind of turned away from it right so that that's that's my big takeaway is all of these people that are my age sort of issued early 90s that's the vocabulary word of the day issued uh um sort of, you know, did not attach to the early 2000s stuff, stayed with the 90s stuff, and now, even though bands like Florida Georgia Line were really, really big in the early 2010s, you're seeing you're seeing people kind of come out and, and take digs at it. Yeah. At the Warner Nashville Showcase at Ascend during CMA Fest, Randall King comes out here, comes out and goes, I don't think I told you this before, he comes out and goes, Everything you hear up here is live. We don't use tracks. We don't use loops. We play traditional country music. Well, guess what? Most everybody else on that show. <laughs> he was digging at his own shows. He was digging at everybody. Ty, uh, I don't know if Tyler, Tyler Braden was a, was a little uh, hard to, the mix was a little hard to understand. I don't know if he used loops or not, but right. Tyler Ingrid, or Ty Ingrid, and of course, Cole, because that's his whole thing, uh, used loops. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that's what makes country music authentic as well in, in aspects is that you have artists that aren't afraid to speak up. And, you know, yeah, they're in a, on a stage in a, in a roster amongst a bunch of contemporaries that do go a different direction but he's there to kind of balance it it's like no and 
is not afraid to speak up. I, I love it because, you know, you kind of need that in this world right now where you can have your own thoughts and opinions without being chastised for it. You know, I think we're going to see a really good class uh, led by Luke Combs with Randall King, uh, Scotty McCreary. We're going to see a really cool class of people my age, our age, you know, between my decade and your decade. And I'm not yeah. calling you old when I say that. I um, know. Uh, between my decade and your decade, hold that neo carry that neo traditionalist candle onward, and it'll. But it will also be interesting to see who comes out and says, "No, I was inspired by Florida Georgia Line. No, I was inspired by Luke Bryan and and Lanco and and these these more and Cole Swindell and and what they do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. even though it's not what I gravitate towards in my personal taste as a music journalist." It certainly piques my curiosity. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens in the country music landscape in the next several years. But right now it's in great hands in all aspects. But that just cracked me up. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, and I will always maintain this. Bro Country is a product of the studios. And it's a product of the studios not respecting not respecting artist integrity. I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's more of a discovery than an opinion. Because what, what I found out about Florida Georgia Line at the Country Music Hall of Fame is that for the first several years of their career, before they had a record deal and before all that production was added on top of it, they were songwriters who wrote on a beat up Garth Brooks Takamini that got beat up and road weary and cruise was written acoustically and played acoustically when Florida Georgia line was nobody's right? right. Right. And then the production comes in and Hayden Joseph, who is the country music singer I saw at the rhinestone stage. And he's a TikTok star. And we had him as part of our coverage. He's very pop oriented. You can tell when you listen to his fully produced stuff, that he's very influenced by the way Shania would have a hook that would be throughout her songs, you know, or the way uh, pop music was produced. But during his show, he stripped all that away, right? Right. Because when you're at the rhinestone stage, it's just acoustic. There at Glenn Campbell. And it's like, okay, these songs are really good. And then you go and you listen to his fully produced version. It's like, oh, and it has a good hook too. You know, the one song I like has a hook that goes ba ba da da ba 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 da da, and it and it it's catchy and it makes me want to listen to the song. But you strip that away and it's just good writing. And you know, he has this song called Backwoods Bougie, and I yelled it out, and he rolled his eyes. He goes, "Of course, my biggest number is also the stupidest song I've ever written." <laughs> and so many people feel that way about their in this day and age most viral hit yeah. or their most million selling song and guess what john rich earlier in that in the week said the dumbest song i ever written is the song i was requested to do tonight and what does he go into save a horse ride a cowboy right and he goes it's because it's the most synonymous same with um i just well, saw Tears red for solo cop from toby red Keith. solo cup well is that really his biggest or his courtesy of the red white and blue well, he, he has it, big hits, but that that is what every person requests at a party now. 
Right. So well, it became also, this it became this party anthem that he's like, This is stupid. <laughs> but but also but also, you know, you see it in every genre. Uh you see it in right. every genre. I just saw Tears for Fears. They have some beautiful songwriting, especially on their new record Tipping Point. And going back into their catalog, some beautiful songwriting. What's the biggest song? Shout, shout, mm-hmm. shout it out loud. These are the things we can do without. Shout, well, shout. Right. You don't have to keep going. Right. But um, when I was playing music, I, I had a manager once tell us, whatever you play in the studio, get used to it because you're married to it for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. So what it kind of goes back to is because these songs were produced a certain way, they're married to now that genre of country or, you know, subgenre, whatever you want to call right. it. And so it kind of takes the, in some ways, the credibility of, oh, they're actually good at writing songs and good at performing, but you've got this overproduced gauntlet under them, you know, that kind of holds that above their heads and makes them, you know, less likable to, to many people. But a lot of people do like that stuff. A lot of people were born at that time and just mm-hmm. that's what they love. But yeah, you, you don't right now hear of influencing uh, in, in their, in, in other music or people at this point. Although Jason Aldean has, has some, has been influencing people and uh, Garth calls him muscle country. And I'm trying to figure out that because trying to figure out that term. I wanted to go see Jason Aldean in 2018 when I did cover him. I've never put him in the same league as a Florida Georgia line or a Luke Bryan or a Cole Swindell. I've never been, it's not schlocky, you know, right. His feels more authentic than, than some of these other ones, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, we don't rail against anybody here at the Music Universe. It, I just talk about my personal taste. I'll go so, see Cole Swindell, and I did. We'll cover him and give him a fair shake. And I did many years ago go see him. And for what it is, the crowd loves it. It's just not what I hit play on uh, at my own leisure, you right. know? Um, but Jason Aldean, I've been known to listen to, to 1994 and fly over states and and she's country and and uh you know yeah. d- despite the loopiness in 1994 that I, that is one of my favorites he does actually uh. and maybe because it's just a, a cool throwback to the 90s in an un semi un 90s way because <laughs> of the production yeah. but you and, know and, and i think crazy Praises town joe diffie is, gra- is i think crazy town uh is is a great song uh you know, she's it, it country, just, yeah. Or she's country. Hicktown, Hicktown is what you're thinking of, right? Hicktown, yep. That was like his. That's when he came out, and that was his 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 song. Because I I remember um, being at Tootsie's no, Crazy my first Town. Night. No, well, he's got Rolling Crazy Town, Town too. Step. Hicktown was his debut, which was rocking. Yep, pretty rocking. Yep. So. Uh, and he does an encore. He just kind of stops and says, I hate when people leave the stage. And so we're going to do our biggest songs and then we're going to get off the stage. You know, he stops like, you know, five songs from the end and 
just powers through and leaves and it builds up the energy in a great way oh yeah so it's great so well it's just i don't know it, it, it country music is it's what garth says it is whatever is authentic so yeah to jason with jason even though it may not be everybody's cup of tea it certainly feels authentic with other artists and i won't say who just because i'm going to be critical it doesn't feel authentic. It feels factory made. Mm -hmm. And except for maybe a shining ballad here and there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business and you got to sell records and you got to package them in ways that'll sell. So, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So, well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. And be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button on our socials at The Music Uni. And check out TheMusicUniverse.com for the latest news and reviews. And uh, hit uh, subscribe at TMUPod.com. This episode of The Music Universe podcast is sponsored by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the, the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. Uh -huh.